I feel like we're all kind of moving in slow motion this morning. The pep in our step. Well, I hope that by the end of the message this morning, you'll be uh, feeling a little bit of the spirit of revival that is uh, spreading across the face of the planet, even this morning. It's been a busy couple of weeks in the Texas Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. During these past few days, more than 50 churches have voted to leave the Texas Annual Conference and become part of uh, either the global Methodist church or to become independent. Just a handful have decided to go their own way, at least for a while. That brings uh, our, uh, the, the total, not that anybody's keeping score, except for maybe your pastor, um, 120 plus churches have uh, completed disaffiliation. Most of those are going to the new global Methodist church. 307 plus are in discernment right now. Uh, and across the country, uh, it is estimated that nearly 3,000 churches will leave the United Methodist Church for uh, greener pastures, majority of which will go to the new Global Methodist Church. And the reason why I, I keep bringing up the numbers is because there is nothing short of a revival going on, not just in the Methodist church, but in all churches around the planet today because the Holy Spirit of God is moving across the face of the planet. I don't say that lightly. You know, we have a good day at church and we say, oh, we just had a revival. Well, yeah, sort of. But this is a wholesale movement of the people of God back to the roots of our Christian heritage, back to the authority of the Bible, back to hailing Lord Jesus as Lord, Savior, and not just another way to heaven. The psalmist writes in Psalm 85, 6, Will you not revive us again? Speaking to the Lord our God, so that your people may rejoice in you. There is a great revival underway all across the country, around the globe. People are awakening from their slumber. Churches, pastors, laity, all are reaffirming scriptural authority, proclaiming the lordship and divinity of Christ and reasserting the traditional teachings of 2000 plus years of Christian heritage. If you look to Isaiah 43, 19, God says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now, what's ironic is progressives have, have used this verse from Isaiah over the years since the 1970s. They've used this verse out of context 
to make a claim that God has somehow changed his mind and that the new thing that he's doing is affirming certain sinful lifestyle choices, uh, affirming willful and selective rejection of Scripture. But see, that claim is based on their own self-serving narrative. It's founded on sinking sand and not on the word and the will of God. The reality is that the new thing that God is doing is in each of us who believe. See, God is not changing. We are. Let me say that again. God is not changing. We are. See, we Methodists call it sanctifying grace, where we become every day more and more like Jesus Christ. And so from the pulpit this morning, I'm inviting everyone who has ears to hear to come and see what God is doing. I'm inviting all to join in this great revival to join in with God's work that's already in motion in the world, right beyond those glass doors. God is moving. The Holy Spirit of God is moving. And today, not, not soon, not later, today the kingdom of God is upon us. And so we have great reason this morning to rejoice. Turn to your neighbor and say, rejoice. I know it's early. I know it's early. But you have to rejoice with a little bit more energy than that. Rejoice. Oh, that's much better. Ah, oh, thank you. See, the epistle that we have for this morning from, from Timothy speaks to our role, yours and mine, in this great revival that is sweeping across the country. <clears throat> Hear what the Apostle Paul has to say to us. It's in the second letter to Timothy, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience, the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelled in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. See, Paul tells us as he tells Timothy, that we have a heritage of faith. We have a foundation built on the rock of faith in Jesus Christ that began with the launching of the church by the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the disciples. 
You remember with the tongues of fire in the upper room. And it's carried through through God's people, through grandmothers and, and mothers to the to the children who now worship God in spirit and in truth, to this present day faith in which God is moving with a spirit-led revival in the midst of God's people, the church. Do you remember Methodism the way it used to be? Some of us don't. I don't. I mean, I remember when I first came into the United Methodist Church, it certainly was a different church. But some of you folks remember Methodism before the United Methodist Church. The old congregational fellowship and faith and worship. You came together in spirit and in truth and you worshiped God. There wasn't any of this influence in the culture. In fact, it was the opposite. The church would influence the culture. Culture didn't come in through those doors. It dare not. Because Satan would have been cast out in the old Methodist church. See, God is telling us, the people of God, to boldly step out in mission and ministry because He has not made us a timid and weak people, but rather a people of power and of love and of discipline to witness to the world that Christ is King, that Jesus is Savior, that He is the way and the truth and the life. There are no exceptions. There's no other way to heaven other than Jesus Christ. That's the Methodism that I came into. And I think that's the Methodism you remember. Not whatever this is today in the United Methodist Church. Paul continues, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus for all eternity, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to protect what I have entrusted to him until that day. Hold on to the example of sound words which you have heard from me, in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Protect through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. See, Paul tells us that we, each of us, are called with a holy calling to spread the good news to all people that Jesus Christ has come and He has abolished sin and death and made a way for all who believe to share in the power and the life of His resurrection. 
And he calls us to protect at all costs through the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us the treasure of the truth, the gospel, and the church whom God has ordained for such a time as this. See, together with many, 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 many churches in the Texas Annual Conference and all across the nation and all across the globe, together we are embarking on this great adventure in this new expression of Methodism called the Global Methodist Church. See, to fight a global evil that is seeking to tear down the faith and to devour souls, God has ordained a global church. And as Matthew 16 says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Amen. Now, to build such a stronghold, a stronghold against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, as Ephesians 6, 12 says, God has ordained that we together build a temple of holiness, a temple of righteousness for his honor and his glory. I'm reminded of the story in the Old Testament of Zerubbabel. Maybe you've heard the name. See, recorded in the Old Testament book of Zechariah is the account of Zerubbabel. He was in charge of rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem after 70 years of Israel's captivity in Babylon. The Babylonians had come 70 years prior and they had destroyed Jerusalem, including the temple. And they'd taken all in Jerusalem captive and put them to work as slaves in Babylon. And after Zerubbabel had been freed to go and rebuild the temple, he'd completed the foundation And then there were 15 years of difficulties and persecution that seemed to be preventing him from completing the temple. An angel of the Lord appeared to the prophet Zechariah with a word for Zerubbabel, telling him that the temple would be completed, not his way, but God's way. See, the scripture says, Then God said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. And he will bring forth the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. See, whether rebuilding temples or leveling mountains, or building a brand new church, a brand new expression of Methodism to fight uh, the global evil. Whatever the monumental task at hand, there are essentially two ways that we can tackle such a big task. On the one hand, we can rely on our own strength 
on our own understanding, on our own power, and we can work together to bring the desired result, our result, arrived at our way, or we can rely on God's power, His strength, His wisdom to accomplish the goal. In other words, His goal, His way, not our goal, our way. See, we can operate in our own might and power. We take a huge burden of misplaced responsibility upon ourselves when we do that, primarily because we make this arrogant assumption that we know better than God what is His desired outcome. We might accomplish the goal, but is our goal God's goal? And so in accomplishing our goal, have we really accomplished anything at all if it's not God's goal? Does that make sense? See, conversely, we can operate by His Spirit. We can move prayerfully and with this attitude of total dependence on God. See, the world wants us to say, we can do it. God wants us to say, without you, Lord God, it cannot be done. See, this attitude of prayer and dependence is the instrument that the Holy Spirit uses to keep us moving within the will of God. And so invoking the Holy Spirit, relying on His guidance and keeping an attitude of humility and obedience and grace towards others, that's what builds the temple. That's what levels the mountain. That's what accomplishes not just the task, but the right task at the right time every single time. And so let this be the focus of our revival, God's revival, that we would seek God in all that we do. His will, not ours. Let's not try to do anything through willpower. Let's do everything through God's power. Let's focus so that we would resist the urge to step out ahead of God and lean on our own understanding. Instead, let's follow the leading of the Holy Spirit as we discern it through prayer, as we discern it through God's holy word. And let's come together as we approach the communion table this morning, as we approach the rail with one unified prayer as we say together, come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Let's let the Holy Spirit take the lead in how we move forward into this new expression of Methodism. There is no way but God's way. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let's go ahead and stand for our final song this morning. Jesus paid it all.